and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Jules Boyle, and joining me today is our own award-winning Kelly Pye, it's Gaby McKay, and the new kid in the block, Mr Chris Doyle. Alright lads? Hello. How's it going? Good stuff. Okay, on the pod today, uh, several things to get round. First of all, we're going to talk about whether Celtic should just pay up for Turnbull. Um, is he worth it? And indeed, on a bigger scale, do we undervalue our own players in the Scottish game? Uh, also, it's been a successful weekend for Scots abroad, so we're going to have a look at that. And to close up, there'll be a tran- transfer roundup. Um, we've got Tavernity Villa, Hutton to Rangers, maybe, and St. Mirren, where they're excess of players. Um, so, moving on, straight back to it. Turnbull, Celtic. Um, 1.2 million was the figure when banded about. Miller will see you, Alan Burrows is saying nearer 3 million is more like it. Um, does he have a point? Yeah, I think he does. I think when you look at Celtic last summer, they continually low-balled Hibs for McGinn. He ended up going to Aston Villa, helped them get promoted. He's now probably worth 10 times what Villa paid for him. So I think Motherwell are completely in, entitled and within their rights to say, no, we value this player. He's got double figures for goals this season. I think he's got is it seven assists as well. Uh, he's a really promising young talent. I think they're absolutely right to say that they want you know similar money to what McGinn went for. Okay, he's not as established as McGinn, but you know he's a younger player, someone that will be worth a lot of money in the future, you would think. And yeah, I think Motherwell are absolutely right to try and get as much money as they can for him. Absolutely. And where, where do you think he would slot into the Celtic team, Chris? I think it's it's honestly quite it will be quite difficult for him just in terms of like he's only had a in terms of a personal point point of view he's only had really one year he came into Motherwell team in October like just set the world alight in terms of like I think it was like he scored twelve goals in his last sixteen games so he's not had that yeah he's not logged many miles um maybe for his uh, sort of development maybe another year Motherwell would be good like an actual full season because he's not even had that you know like fifty games. So would he come over to Celtic and get the same sort of minutes? I'm not sure. Just with Rogic, Christie, McGregor, like they they were just they're they're packed in mid midfield, even with yeah wingers as well. And as I had said like last week, it shouldn't be Celtic's priori- priority so midfield, but maybe they're just thinking it's a player they just want, don't want to miss out on because he did win again last year. You know this guy's 19. He get, might end up going. Somewhere else this summer, um, and then end up just become like an amazing player, like with like two, three years, even better. So maybe Celtic are just like, yeah, we know that sort of we don't need to necessarily like improve our midfield right now, but maybe further down the line, we just want to miss out on him. So I think he can't, like, he will be able to s- slot in. You know, Rogic didn't have a great end to last year. Yeah, so Rogers basically had probably his worst season at Celtic shirt. Yeah. Um so you could argue he could push them and maybe, you know what, if if he shows what he did with Motherwell, he could just you know, he might put them out of the team, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So um, I think you look at the raw talent he's got, obviously he is only nineteen, he's getting proven to do it, but you look good with both feet. Uh, he always arrives in the box at the right time, he's obviously a tactically intelligent player. You know, I think he's a player with a really a really high ceiling, uh, so you can absolutely understand why Celtic would want him. Uh, I think Chris is right in what he says about you know maybe would he play. I think you only have to look at Lewis Morgan, who absolutely tore it up for St Mirren, albeit in the Championship, couldn't really get in the Celtic team. He's gone on loan to Sunderland, but yeah, I think uh, I think Turnbull is a player that any team and he would improve any team in Scotland. I think, and I've actually heard that people are now calling Michael Ballack the old David Turnbull. <laughs> yeah, but the criticism of uh, Jake Hasty going was like. Oh, too early a move, too early a move. I mean... Yeah, I think that's I mean? slightly be different this. because, I mean, Hasty was on loan at Allo until January and he basically signed for Rangers after 
basically a kind of hot streak in the month of February. Now, I'm not saying he's not a good player. He obviously is a good player, and Motherwell fans uh, will tell you that uh, through gritty teeth, perhaps. But I think he's not had the same consistency of a season that Turnbull has. I don't think he's uh, has the raw talent that Turnbull has. Yeah, I just think it's a case of Celtic, or like we can't miss out on him because. Yeah, they ha- it happened with him again last year, and look look at him now. So I just think he's like he's going to be going this year. It's us that need to get him, and that's why I think they're yeah. It seems like they're interested in him, and they probably I think I think they will end up coughing up for the the three million or whatever to get him. Sorry, and do you think is this a thing we have in Scotland? Do you see these sort of young players come up and there's talk about them and they get a bit of hype, a bit of attention, and a lot it's deserved or some it's not, and people just seem to have this sort of oh, it's just a Scotland player. He's only playing for Motherwell. He's only playing for Kelly. Um, no way you're paying that money for him. Is, it, is, it, is this a thing that we put down young players in their own game and we don't value them as much as we should? I think to an extent that's definitely true. I think you know you look at a guy like Turnbull who has been so impressive this season. Uh, he scored a goal the other week where. He had a shot on his right foot, come off the bar, put it, put it in the goal. Second, second time, you know, f- first touch with his left foot. He's obviously a very talented player. The caveat to that, obviously, is there's a lot less money in the Scottish game, and it's a lot more difficult for Scottish clubs to turn down offers for their players. And clubs, Rangers and Celtic, to an extent, but clubs in England know that that they can go up to Scotland, and if you offer, uh, you know, two two point seven five million or whatever it was that Villa did for McGinn. That's chump change to Villa, especially when they get promoted. But for a club like Hibs, it's a lot of money. But I, I do agree that I think we, we do undervalue the players here. And I think you'd like to see clubs maybe play a little bit more hardball with it. Because the thing is, if you lose a player on a free, you're not actually losing any money. Uh, because the I'm not going to bore people with it. The way football finances work, you pay, even if you pay the transfer fee, you break down the transfer fee over the length of the contract. And by the end of the contract, it has a book... Uh, value of of nothing essentially so if they leave on a free transfer you haven't actually lost any money it's obviously very easy to say if you get an offer of a million pounds and turn it down you've kind of missed out on a million pounds but it doesn't uh financially it doesn't mean may make a financial loss in pure numbers yeah yeah, exactly exactly so i think in in a purely financial sense i you know i think clubs maybe should be a bit more insistent um looking to get those kind of big fees for players yeah, I think it's maybe an issue that we just don't hype up for players as much as England. Um, yeah, you just don't win see as much as like if it's Turnbull. Maybe it's just because it's you know it's, it's Motherwell, it's not Celtic or Rangers. And I think yeah, I think the Scotland and I think we are kind of maybe guilty of it at times. I mean, I don't think that we don't we mean it or whatever. But I think then I think that's I think that's kind of probably why. They end up getting like maybe ends up the clubs getting these like sort of low offers compared to in England where like you know they're clearly inflated. Maybe it's just because the press did a really good job of just completely hyping them up. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think he has a he's a he has a great talent. Um, it just depends. Yeah, I'm just the only thing about concerned maybe for him is just that move to Celtic is yeah is that the right thing at 19 years of age? Like I'm not quite sure because you're even looking at. You know, I mean, Mikey Johnston's older than him and he's not really getting the minutes that I think a lot of Celtic fans would like. I mean, so... Yeah, I think that's where you need agents to be smart about things like this because young players need to be playing football. Yeah. Uh, and if he goes to Celtic, it's not necessarily a guarantee you will. Or even if he goes to sort of one of the bigger English championship clubs, I mean, you look at uh, Matty Kennedy, was it Kumarnock? He went to Everton at the age of about 17 after about 21st team appearances. 
barely kicked a ball, and he's now back up playing well for St. Johnson. The problem clearly wasn't they didn't have talent, but you know he's twenty three, twenty four now. He's obviously never going to be, you know, the kind of superstar player that not superstar, but you know what I mean. That he's not going to be the player a lot of people probably hoped he would, and a lot of that's got to be do uh, due to not playing very much at a young age when you know that's the, the age where you should be you should be playing and I think that's the thing that players in general and Turnbull will have to think about carefully yeah it's just like making the the wrong the wrong step you know the, I mean it doesn't take much to put your kind of career kind of halt it for a while or sort of stumbling block so you've just you really need to take everything into account and just not you need to make the right move for yourself you know mm. as a player and you're as yeah what age you're at and what uh, sort of stage you are, are at in your career I think it'd be a smart move for say someone like Celtic or another team. I'm not necessarily able to sort of sign them, but then let them stay at Motherwell for another year and loan. I think that'd be the ideal situation for all parties. I think yeah, if they did that, he would be able to keep playing for Motherwell. He's settled in a team he knows well. He'd be playing every week, and it would help him develop. But it would mean Celtic aren't going to get hijacked by someone from England if he has another fantastic season. I think that would be the the ideal situation for everyone involved, provided they pay what Motherwell are asking, of course. Which, which yeah. is the key thing, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what plays out. Um, yeah, I think I'm completely in agreement with Gabe. It would make sense for sort of both player and and for Celtic. And yeah, Motherwell would, would obviously love to sort of get him back for another year because they kind of just thought he was just getting started almost, you know, because yeah. it was just the tail end of the year almost. He was really starting to catch fire. So yeah, they would love to, you know, they already lost Hasty, so... Getting, uh, keeping him for another year would be just a huge bonus. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, moving on, speaking of other promising young Scots, uh, obviously it's been a, a successful weekend for Scots abroad, as we say, and another young player um, who wasn't really given much credit at some point back in his career, uh, Mr Robertson, um, Champions League winner. Yeah, it's an amazing story, isn't it? I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche now that six years ago he was playing for Queen's Park and working in Marks and Spencers, but it really is an incredible story and it just shows what players can do with hard work and dedication. You know, he was rejected by Celtic. Uh, he was playing for Queen's Park, obviously, which is amateur. He played against Rangers, I think, three times. They didn't see enough in him to sign him, you know. And now he's a Champions League winner. And you'd have to say, definitely one of the best left-backs in the world. I can't think of many who you'd say, I can't think of any you'd say are definitely better. You could make arguments about, you know, Alexandro or Alba or whatever, but he's certainly, he's in the conversation. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just a, wonderful achievement and it's uh, one of those kind of rare Scottish success stories where he's just a really hard-working dedicated guy just made the most of his talents a bit, it's a bit like sort of a Andy Murray of football really isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. a bit, a bit no, more I, chat I think the, the the best part is that he obviously like not just the obviously he's a Champions League winner but when he came to the Liverpool team he didn't actually get get a game straight away he had to prove himself you know we all knew he was better than Moreno but he still need to displace him and now it's not just a case of he's just sort of a bit part player for them he is like one of their best players and he's very important to what Klopp does in terms of like those wing backs um with Arnold and the other side so he's not just yeah it's not in case he's just you know a squad player for them like he's starting for them and he's one of their best players so I mean I think that's just, yeah, that just makes it even better, you know, because he's, now he's even getting, yeah, called one of the best left-backs in the world. I don't think anyone would have thought that, like, five years ago, no. you know, so. Yeah, and you're talking story. about, and he's so important to Liverpool as well, you were just talking about that. I think I read uh, the other day that Alexander-Arnold broke the record for assists by a fullback in the Premier League, which I think was 13, and Robertson matched the previous record at 12. So if you look at Liverpool, they've got the two fullbacks have essentially come up with 25 goals. It just shows you how important um, 
I mean, that's without the goals he scored themselves. Yeah. So it just shows you how, you know, he's not just a sort of player who, you know, he slots in and he does what he does. He's a really, really crucial part of that Liverpool team and yeah. has been for the yeah. last, you know, uh, two seasons. Definitely. I, th- yeah. I think that shows as well. You can see it's not just how important those, those assists and that, but as you say, it's how important he is to that team and how they play because they're getting that amount of assists and you can see what they're doing up and down those sides. It's, a, you know, is one of the linchpins of the team, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They're I mean, like a modern, uh, both of the men, sorry, I mean, Alexander Arnold, they're like a modern day sort of uh, Roberto Carlos and Cafu. Like, I mean, obviously they were two complete legends, but obviously they're, well, I mean, Arnold's like, what, 19? So a lot younger. But I mean, those two could be playing together for the next 10 years easy. So, you know, I mean, the way they just sort of complement each other and then they're sort of, <clears throat> you always used to watch Cafu and Carlos, they always used to just, those diagonals just find them on the sixpence, and that's exactly what they do. Their their delivery from yeah both sides is just amazing. Absolutely spot on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and obviously as well, we've got another Scott. I'm um, doing well, not quite in the same level of glory, but uh, it's pretty impressive all the same. Um, uh, young Henderson uh, promoted to the Serie A by Verona. Yeah, and I think uh, he took a really brave step uh, last January when. He wasn't getting a game at Celtic. He'd been on loan at Hibs the year before, as uh, Hibs fans will uh, famously know he delivered the corner that won them the Scottish Cup finally after all those years. Uh, but it, he took a really brave step. He went to Bari in Italy, and he's had a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a rocky time since then. Uh, he was at Bari for six months. He was very popular. They dubbed him Braveheart with Brazilian feet. <laughs> but they catchy. It's yeah, a, so it sounds better Italian. Yes. Sure. Uh, yeah. Then they went they went bankrupt. So he was basically a free agent. And I think a lot of players at that point. You know, six months he'd come back to Scotland with the tail between the legs, but he didn't. Yeah. He went to Verona. He followed the Barry coach Fabio Grosso, who many may remember from the 2006 World Cup. He followed him there. Uh, it was a really strange season in Serie B this season. Verona won the favourites to get promoted, but they sort of were bumbling around the playoffs the whole time. There were only 19 teams instead of 22 because three went bankrupt and they just decided they'd start with an odd number of teams because, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> and the season was hugely delayed. There were all these court cases because basically the guy, I'm not going to get into the politics of Italian football, we'd be here all day, but basically there was no president of the Italian FA, so the Italian Olympic Committee put one in and he said, well, we'll start with 19 teams of these court cases going, who elected you, who are you to do this? So you've got all the teams waiting around to try and get started. (laughs) Uh, And Verona, they'd come down from Serie A the year before, they were one of the favourites to go up. And they've been struggling all season. They actually sacked Grosso with one game before the end of the season because they were in danger of falling out of the playoffs. Uh, and appointed the former Napoli striker, Alfredo Alietti. Uh, but under both, Henderson was, you know, he was a regular in the team. He scored, I think he got three goals and three assists, which, okay, is not um, Robertson numbers, but it's, it's pretty good. Uh, they then, you know, they didn't even impress that much in the playoff. They scraped past Perugia, who they were only playing because Palermo were deducted 20 points for financial irregularities, because this is the kind of thing that happens in Serie B. Yep. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, after they'd beaten, I think, Piscara, who had 10 men, it took them extra time. So, you know, they haven't been, it hasn't been a sort of glorious charge for what is a, a big club. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a huge club, but, you know, they won this Scudetto in 1985. They had, I think, they had 25,000 there last night. They'd actually lost the first leg of the playoff. Uh, Henderson started that game. He started last night. And they eventually, against what ended up being nine men, they eventually got a, a 3-0 win. Henderson played, I think, about an hour. He came off for... Pat Zini, and at the end of the match, he ran on with a with a saltire. And if you go on his Twitter profile, you see a great picture of uh, 
His family on the pitch looking very much like the sort of Scots on holidays. Dad's <laughs> got the sort of jean shorts on. They're all standing on the pitch. Uh, Fantastic. But yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great uh, moment for him. A great achievement. You know, the next season, assuming he's not transferred anywhere, he'll be playing at San Siro, Juventus Stadium, Stadio Olimpico. You know, some really playing against some really big hitters, playing at, at a great level. When it would have been really easy for him just to take another loan move to another Scottish club. I mean no disrespect to Hibs or anyone else but mm-hmm. you know he wouldn't have been getting that kind of experience playing at that kind of level if he hadn't been brave enough to take the, the choice to go to Serie B which I don't think a lot of players would have done absolutely oh, um, you're right um, the, yeah, it just wasn't working out for him at Celtic and how many players you see that yeah to even take the sort of move abroad I mean you see a lot of them that just don't work out and yeah even like after you're saying after the six months about being a free agent and he still had to go out and prove himself. And mm-hmm. yeah, he just put in some really solid performances for them. And yeah, it was just like, you look at like a player like Ryan Gold, you know, he went over and... Yeah, just, and he's I, really done nothing yeah. for him. And he obviously it was maybe like, he went to a bigger club, obviously, in Sporting Lisbon. But I mean, yeah, he's now... I mean, what's his next move in his career? Whereas Henderson has just went and, you know, enhanced his reputation at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he'll have improved as a player. I mean... Yep. Uh, I see this last last night, which it sounds like we're just trying to really give the Scottish guy credit. I'm going to preface this by saying he didn't actually touch the ball. <laughs> but for the first goal, he made a really intelligent run, which actually created some space through which Verona scored. And I think that can only be, I mean, we all know that Italian football is very tactical. And I'm sure that's the kind of thing that he's developed when he's there. You know, that knowledge of, you know, even if you don't get the ball to create space for mm-hmm. others. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think he deserves a lot of credit for, for taking that risk. And he's he's got his reward now. How do you think he'll get on next season? Obviously, as you say, he's played against some really big teams, big stadiums, um, and with Verona, who are not the biggest of sides. Well, Verona were awful last time they were up, and they haven't been that impressive this season, so it's kind of difficult to tell. I guess a lot will depend on what happens in the summer. I mean, will they have the same the same coach? We don't know. He's only been in charge for one regular season game, then the playoffs. So it's difficult to tell, but I think uh, I've said on the podcast before that in any discipline you can only improve by testing yourself against the best players. And if he's playing against players like Milan Pjanic, Raja Nainggolan, you know guys like that, against these big teams in these big stadiums, big pressure matches, TV, I think that can only help him improve. He's been, as I say, he's been a regular in that Verona team. So unless they go out and sign some superstar, which I think is probably unlikely as a newly promoted team, then he should be a regular in Serie A next season. And yeah, that's something we haven't had since 1986 when Graham Souness left uh, Sampdoria. So, yeah. Indeed, absolutely. Excellent. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed for the lad, he absolutely deserves it for his courage and go over there, I think. Um, so obviously, we're at this point now uh, of the season. Um, the season is over. The summer sheer. It's silly season. It's transfer talk. It's rumours. It's nonsense. It's definite facts. And then there's absolute lies. Um, so we're at that point of the year <laughs> and we're going to have to do this for weeks and weeks and weeks. So you need to bear with us and we'll just uh, hopefully discuss things that will actually happen. Uh, what's definitely happening, um, to talk of transfer St Mirren, I've got a mass exodus, 12 players uh, leaving out the door. Um, Chris, what do you think of that? That's a lot of players close at one time. <coughs> yeah, I'm not surprised really, just because Kearney came in after after Stubbs. Um, obviously had to sort of, I mean Stubbs himself had brought in so many players, so I think it's just, you know, I mean, before Christmas, if you had said to me, like, St Mirren are going to survive, um, I would have been really surprised. Just so that the job that Kearney actually had, um, in front of him um, it was huge so I think he deserves a lot of credit for uh, keeping St Mirren up and now going into this going to be his first full season in charge um, 
yeah, I just think he's obviously wanted to put his own stamp on it and get his... I know he had the January transfer window, but now he can properly bring in the players and, um, yeah, just get pre-season and stuff. And I'm not quite that surprised he's parted ways and or not decided to offer some of these players in our contract because a lot of them sort of... Yeah, they were just kind of short, like Ferdinand and, and um, coming in on in January. Um, I think that was just kind of like almost like that six month short term deal. But now he can properly bring in the, the players he wants. And yeah, I think Kearney, I, f- I think he's, yeah, he did a great job and um, really just to keep them up. And now they can sort of, some fans can sort of have a lot of promise that he, and yeah, just be quite hopeful that he can push them on for this year. And yeah, I think, I think they'll actually, I think they'll do well. Um, so yeah, I don't think they really lost any of those players. They're going to be like, you know, I just don't think. I think a lot of them were re- returning, obviously on loan. Um, but yeah, the other ones, uh, Simeon Jackson, I don't think he was, you know, that great for them. Um, he had that hilarious attempted Penenka penalty, yeah, which I mean, he uh, scuffed <laughs> and it just rolled so, along the floor. Yeah, I, I don't think some of the fans are going to be like completely gutted that all these sort of players are moving on. I think they're kind of looking forward to this new sort of. Um, sort of this year with uh, Oren Kearney and hopefully they can just push on from that the kind of the playoff obviously the heroics against that, United that grubber they were in yeah I mean Gaby <laughs> do you think they'll be likely for the staying up properly next season or will they still sort of hovering around the, the grubber zone the grubber zone that's, I like that I think we should <laughs> petition to change the relegation zone officially to the grubber <laughs> zone, zone. Uh, it's hard to tell because you don't know the kind of players they're going to get in I mean yeah. that's going to be what, four transfer windows in a row that St Mirren have had the total upheaval you had Jack Ross coming in when they were near the bottom of the championship basically changed the whole team maybe not so many changes the next season when they went up bought the league did really well Ross left Stubbs came in signed a whole load of diddies then Kearney had to get rid of those diddies and now the, he, you know, they've had twelve players leaving today. Some of them were on loan. Maybe they'll come back on loan next season. We don't know, but it's difficult to tell. It's not st- stability, and I think stability is important at a football club. But hopefully, uh, for St. Mirren fans' sake, anyway, they can get some players in in the summer who will maybe be a bit more long term and kind of try and build something a bit more solid rather than just uh, sort of winging it every six months. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I know they do seem a bit through more teams than Katie Price. I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was improvised sorry about that folks um, so speaking of more transfer rumours um, the Taverne a Villa um, which we had today that was it was mentioned briefly um, tell us a bit about that yeah um, I mean with obviously the, the rumours have been circulating about Taverne leaving um, from a host of clubs really down mm-hmm. in England but today's was uh, Villa um, obviously just being promoted to the Premier League and they're looking to get another fullback in or right back uh, specifically because uh, Hutton left as a free agent. So yeah, I mean apparently Tav's on the shortlist uh, mm. to Rangers fans dismay. I saw uh, that. That was a huge loss to that team. Yeah, I've, I think it's just as important to keep him this summer as as Morelos. I mean, he was 17 goals. Obviously, a lot of them from the penalty spot, right? But 17 goals, mostly is 17 assists in all competitions from the right back position. I mean, how are you supposed to replace that with, you know what I mean? Um, I just think that they have to keep a hold of him and it depends, like, what, I mean, what figure they're talking about. But, I mean, from what I've heard, it's not anything that you worth it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they'll be able to, yeah, go out and replace that with the money they get. Um, they've only really got Flanagan behind them. don't think he's going to, he's kind of been playing on the, the left side last season as well. So, 
Yeah, yeah and he's obviously not the player to have on here, as he doesn't well, yeah. doesn't provide like, as much in yeah. terms of goals or assists. You know, going forward, I mean, we all, you know, we all like to joke about the fact that Tavernier can't defend, and I, th- I think he has actually improved in that aspect. But yeah, it, too, yeah, it is true that he's maybe not as good going the other way. But in terms of what he means to that team, you know, you talk about the goals, and yeah, a lot of them have been penalties, but he can also strike a free kick. Uh, he can deliver set pieces and crosses from the right. He sets up a lot of goals. He's a really crucial part of that team. And yeah, I think you're right. If they can't, they're probably not going to get anywhere in it like the fee they'd need to sort of find a, a yeah. similar level replacement. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the problem I think you've got with all, a lot of these things, especially with something like that. They sell them for X amount of money. They're just not going to, and it's a gamble. Who do you get in? And with that amount of money they've got, it's not like Morelos, if they do get a lot of money from Morelos, you probably could get some decent strikers for that sort of money. But for the money you get to Fernie, is it worth it? But then is the, is the issue, do they need to take it? Depending on what the offer is. Why would they? Yeah, well, I mean... That's the thing. I mean, I think it's just, yeah, they they need to they need to keep him. I mean, yeah. him and Mick Morelos um, striked up a great partnership. Also, uh, Daniel Candace in the right hand side, especially at the start of the season, um, they had a really good sort of, yeah, the linking up just absolutely brilliant down that right hand side, um, and just swinging in like yeah balls for for Morelos linking up with him. That's where a lot of their goals came from, and if you're if you take take him out of the team. You're, I think you're just you're you're impacting other players because you know they've worked well together over the last year with Gerard and Gerard's going to want to build on that. So yeah, getting rid of getting rid of, rid of him, I don't think it's a great idea. Yeah. Do we not? Maybe we don't give Stephen Gerrard enough credit when you think what he's managed to get out of a right back who can't defend, a winger who can't cross, and a striker who's mental. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, you put it that way. You put it that way. He's a tactical genius exactly. and, a, and a motivator. Yeah, or maybe he's just really scary. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's even after it. He doesn't really mince his words. Do you know what no, I mean? he doesn't. He's always got a bus part ready to throw the throw the team under if they don't do what they're meant to do. do you know what I mean? So he knows what he's doing. So as speaking of Rangers and speaking of Villa as well, and also actually speaking of Cafu, as we mentioned earlier on, um, <laughs> the Scottish Cafu is a free agent. Um, the Villa fans are absolutely devastated about this. Um, you saw the reactions the other day on Twitter and stuff like that, and they were all genuinely really upset to see him go. I mean, obviously he's been there a good few years. He did not play for a couple of years, but fought his way back into that team. He was the guy. Um, he, he managed to come out with his reputation intact after they were absolutely honking a few years ago and scored some great goals and he seems to become this huge cult figure for them yeah he's definitely a, a cult hero have you seen yeah. the, the Twitter account has Hutton scored no uh, <laughs> it's basically the, the rule is if you follow the account and Alan Hutton scores you have to go out for a bevy no matter what <laughs> day it is no matter what time it is you have to go out immediately go I yeah now, so right. most weeks obviously the answer is no you're, you're uh, alright to drive most weeks yeah, yeah exactly but um, you know he scored that goal in the derby when he went on a bit of a maze and actually did look a bit like a Scottish well, cafe yeah. yeah and I can't uh, repeat what the Twitter account tweeted because it was it was very rude but uh, right. yeah I think a, a lot of people in Birmingham were out there celebrating that, that Hutton one <laughs> uh, so, I mean I'm not sure if how much his cult status is down to his ability and more about the fact you know he's hard working and let's yeah. face it a little bit funny uh-huh. um, totally you know totally. He's, he's, he's 34 now well, it's cult he, status and it? it's not like yeah you know. yeah he's 34 now is he is he really a top level operator anymore uh, he's had some bad injuries i know he, he broke his he broke his own leg trying to snap gary hay by by news at rangers uh Oops. i think he yeah i think he i think he had a <laughs> knee injury was at villa as well so i don't think it would be. I don't think that's the right move for Rangers. It's yeah. a thirty-four-year-old Alan yeah. Hutton, but you know, he's obviously well liked at Villa. 
I think he was well liked at Rangers the first time. He's probably well liked enough at Tottenham as well. So if he came in as a as a backup, perhaps uh, it, it might be alright. But I don't I don't think that's the. I don't think in 2019 Alan Hutton is the answer <laughs> to many questions. Yeah, I don't think a lot of Rangers fans <laughs> as much the better liked him are going to be like you know you know singing and dancing like that. Yes, we've got Alan Hutton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here we go, going for 55. It's Alan Hutton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, definitely. I mean, do you think Chris? Do you think he could here somewhere else at least, or do you think he's still got a future in football and and maybe even Scotland, or is it that kind of him winding off here? Scotland, yeah. I just don't think it's him McGabey. Um I think Hutton is one of those players that, yeah, one of those old former Rangers players that they shouldn't go back in for. Yeah. <laughs> they did with, they've done with Lafferty, they've done with David, you know. Yeah. I just don't think, I don't think I see that working out, especially, obviously, t- uh, Taverna there. Um, yeah, I could see him being, sort of being a use for a Scottish side. I just think that would be his level, you know. Mm-hmm. Um who, you know, hearts, you know, maybe like hearts, hips or whatever. I still think he could do a job. Um, um, and he seemed to be, you know, well-liked at Villa. So they were kind of gutted to see see, see him go. So, yeah, I just don't see for Rangers. I just, it's not, I just don't see it at all. No, no, no. Scottish Cafu might not be back in, back in the chair after A good all. link between the Cafu. Yeah, I didn't know you were going <laughs> to bring up Pro Hutton, stuff so. there. Professional as always, <laughs> always paying attention. Well, that's us for all here at Football Scotland today. We'll be back tomorrow before four, just in time to make your daily work commute a wee bit more social. Um, you can get more of us on the Football Scotland website or on our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question, make a comment individually, gaze abuse or whatever you want, you can get me on at Captain underscore Howdy. Gaby on. I'm at Gaby McKay. And Chris on. Bye, Chris Doyle. Till tomorrow, cheers for listening.